0: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
1: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and if you're hearing my voice, I just want to congratulate you from one diehard Bears fan to another. Because trust me, I know just how bleak things feel right now. But the fact that you're here listening as we embark on yet another game week really is a testament to your fanhood. So, to kick off our Week 10 preview, I sat down with Case Dillon of the Detroit Lions podcast, who shared his insight on Matthew Stafford's season, why the defense is struggling across the board, and a whole lot more. So, let's go right ahead and meet the 2019 Detroit Lions. Uh-huh. I want to thank you for joining me today, Case. Really looking forward to learning more about the Lions. And I guess we can just be honest and say that both of our teams aren't really having the type of season that we were hoping for. I know the feeling here in Chicago is one of complete despair. uh, But I want to know, what's the vibe (laughs) over there in Detroit? Uh, Are Lions fans, they still have hope? Can the season be salvaged? Or is it just another disappointing year uh, that you've come to expect?
2: Or accept? Okay, Well, there's a little bit of a a difference between my feelings on it and the average Lions fan. The average Lions fan is, yes, you know, uh, totally broken at this point. Um, I predicted an 8-8 record. And, you know, while that's impossible unless we get another tie at this point for us to, you know, end up exactly 500, we are more or less what I expected us to be. Um, so, so talking to me about it and asking, you know, how I feel about things, you're going to get a little bit of a rosier view maybe than you would if you, if you stopped a Lions fan on the street and asked them about it. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's certainly not what I hoped for though. You know, you, even with expectations where I had my expectations, you always hope that things go a little bit better, but obviously they haven't.
1: Yeah, Uh, and we're talking about things that didn't go right. I want to know your thoughts on last week's fourth and goal play from the one yard line. You take out Marvin Jones, you take out Kenny Galladay and Danny Amendola. Uh, you put in Crosby, an extra tackle, two tight ends in Thomas and James, and a knife formation, so you go real heavy there. You call play action. Uh, you're looking for either of those tight ends. But, again, you had Jones and Galladay, who at the time had about 260 yards to the air, but they're taking off the field. Uh, what do you make of like that coaching decision? It's... I'm I'm definitely of the uh, general
2: opinion that it's real easy to criticize those things when they don't work. Uh, if they had if it had worked, we'd be praising them for being you know inventive and ingenious. I'm not overly upset with the single call. Um, there's a lot of things in this game to look at as where we didn't do what we needed to do, and the offense isn't the majority of those issues. Um, so yeah, it, 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 probably wasn't the greatest call. And obviously Daryl Bevel coming with his history from the whole Seahawks, uh, passing instead of rushing with Marshawn Lynch, you know, there, there is a little bit of a history there, um, to scrutinize that in particular doesn't boil my blood. But I, once again, you're not necessarily talking to somebody who feels the same way as the majority of Lions fans, because I think a lot of people are, are, uh, probably, sitting on Reddit telling him to get the hell out of Detroit, you know, whatever.
1: Sure, and obviously you lose a game in that fashion, and then you're looking at your head coach, uh, Matt Patricia. He continues to kind of take the blame for all the defensive struggles which your team's having, and uh, we'll get to those in just a bit. But first, I just want to know, uh, how is Patricia being perceived since he is kind of shouldering the blame? Because here in Chicago, our head coach, Nagy, uh, he's done a ton of what I would call deflecting instead of taking on the responsibility. So, in mm-hmm. Detroit, what are your thoughts on Patricia having some accountability
0: here?
2: There's... Split opinion uh, again, and this isn't necessarily just a me thing. This is a this truly aligns fan base thing where there is very much split opinion. Uh, some people are willing to accept that. Yeah, we've had, and like you said, we'll get into it. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries on defense this year um, that have not allowed them to do exactly what they want to do. I personally respect, you know, uh, Patricia's. This is on me. I have to do better. You know, uh, personality about it. A lot of Lions fans are nostalgic for Jim Caldwell, which kind of blows my mind um, because he was the most mediocre coach you can think of. He was never going to win a Super Bowl in Detroit. Um, Matt Patricia is much more of a boomer bust situation and so far bust, but that doesn't mean that that
1: can't get fixed. It just hasn't yet. All right, now before we get into that defense, I do want to go ahead and let's start with a positive for you guys, and let's look at that offense and in general. Matthew Stafford—he's playing some real solid football this season. Nineteen touchdowns, only five interceptions, nearly twenty-five hundred passing yards already. What's going on with Matthew Stafford? Obviously, he's been pretty—you know—good his entire career, but seems like he's playing perhaps his best football. He's healthy, (laughs) and I think that helps.
2: That gets overlooked a lot. He played through most of last season or at least half of last season with a broken back. And I know, you know, um, it's easy to look at those kind of injuries that where they're not necessarily apparent. Um, he didn't go on IR. He didn't, you know, any of those things. He tried to play through it and it affected him severely. And in in previous seasons, he dealt with things like the, the broken finger um, that also affected his play. But the biggest thing, and, and you know, like we can say, we can criticize Daryl Bevel for the decision that he made on fourth down, but his scheme works with what Matthew Stafford does. And, and Stafford is throwing the ball downfield occasionally uh, versus uh, what he did with Jim Bob Cooter and Joe Lombardi, who ran their ultra-conservative uh, offenses, which was not a good fit for Stafford, despite, you know, what we had hoped for. Um, out of them, but uh, no. Daryl Bevel is is helping him along and, and to do the things that he does very well.
1: Now, you talked about pushing the ball down the field, and you said that, and the first name that comes to mind is uh, Kenny Galladay. He's having a career year, already with seven touchdowns, a career high, same with his yards per reception, and his yards per game. I want to know, Case, like, why is Galladay finding success, and how has his success kind of helped, take the, uh, helped the offense take some flight? The biggest concern we had in the offense with the past
2: game was that neither Marvin Jones, who is also having a phenomenal year, um, or Kenny Galladay are particularly good at getting separation. They don't quite have the speed. They don't quite have the strength. Uh, their route running is good, but not elite level. So they have to make contested catches. And if you saw, if if you see the forty-some yard completion of Marvin Jones from last week, you can see they both are amazing at contested catches. So at a certain point, you just have to accept that and accept that. Occasionally, that's not going to go your way, and things are going to and you're going to throw an interception in the end zone, which also happened last week. but if you if you completely ignore that that is the strength of those two guys and don't use them in that way, then you get an anemic offense that that never gets you know uh, chunk plays, that never gets those big plays. So you have to take that risk and, and putting Matthew Stafford's decision making on when to do those is going to result in more positives than negatives and that's basically it you have to you have to take those chances you have to uh, weigh your odds on that and and right now the offense is doing a good job of recognizing when to take those risks and when to push the ball that deep and Kenny Galladay is a really good player and I mean he's only in his third season so it's not a surprise to see him take a step up
1: Uh, Looking at tight end, TJ Hawkinson, I'm curious, what's he been able to provide to this offense as well? Because looking at the Chicago Bears uh, over the last few weeks, we've allowed tight ends to generate a little bit more production than I would like. So I'm curious your take on uh, TJ.
2: He's been primarily used for most of the season. Obviously, you you know, we had the week one game where he broke the rookie record for uh, tight end with yards in a single game um and then largely disappeared but he has primarily been used as a as a blocker i do think that down the stretch here we will see him involved in the pass game more and we saw them try to use him a little bit more this last week and he did have a, a few receptions and successfully so um it's a question of development and how much development can he get? Because even though he came into the league as one of the more pro-ready tight ends that we've seen, he's still a rookie and he's still a rookie tight end. And and how frequently do rookie tight ends really blow up? It's not super common. Mm-hmm. Um but he's making you know I it's hard to say he's making progress as a receiver when he's been used so little as one. But that's what we'll be watching for. He'll be one of the major focal points um, as far as my review on film over the next half of the season. Just because I want to see whether or not um, he's, he's learning when he needs to be where and that kind of thing. And that, it's not like that's been a problem so much for him uh, as much as the role they've placed him in so far has not been as the big you know, receiving threat that he can be and and that hopefully grows into. And I think, I think this week will be a good opportunity for them to reinstate him in that role.
1: Now, obviously, you guys have been moving the ball through the air very well all season. But then when you look at your rushing attack, it ranks 21st in the league, only two touchdowns on the ground as well this season. Uh, What's your take on that rushing attack? Why can't Detroit find a way to run (laughs) that ball effectively? I think, and this is actually, if, if I wish that I had, you know, the truly
2: definitive answer on this, um, it's been a little bit of a tricky thing to figure out. But mm-hmm. I think that it is primarily offensive line related. We are, we have a good group of pass protectors right now. We don't have good um, run blockers. We're not opening holes. Uh, for our running backs and that's not to say that the running back spot in and of itself isn't an issue because it is obviously we lost carry on Johnson and he, but but even before we lost carry on Johnson he wasn't having the same production this year that he did last year before he got hurt last year um, which is also a major concern when you're mm-hmm. you know your your second year running back is uh, injured so frequently which isn't a huge surprise either considering um, his history through all of college was getting hurt every single year. Um, but uh, so I'm not. I I don't necessarily think that we have. We're sitting on an elite, you know, running back group or anything like that. Um, but I just don't think that they're able to do uh the things with the group they have up front that they'd like to do. And I'm not really sure where to pinpoint the problem because, as individuals, guys like a Frank Ragnow, in theory is a mauler in the in the ground game he was all through college now he's back at the center position where he should be and and it's not like he's not doing his job but as a cohesive unit they just can't seem to open the holes consistently Um, now as the passing attack uh, has blossomed we're able to use the play action effectively and we're occasionally able to break guys for chunk yard plays on the ground. But I don't think I don't think this team is a team that can be a ground and pound focused team like
1: I think they probably wanted to do a little bit more of early in the year. All right. Up next, I'm going to get cases input on the Detroit Lions defense. But first, I do need to call a quick timeout to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have the tickets that you want? I mean, hello status quo. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. In an industry that tends to be stagnant, SeatGeek has decided to stand out from the crowd. So what makes SeatGeek better than Arrest? Simply put, it's a better process. They pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, rate each on a scale of 1 to 10, and display Every ticket on an interactive seat map, SeatGeek breaks down the details. The green dots mean good deals, and the red dots are the ones that are just simply overpriced. And of course, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, by far the easiest and fastest way that I've been able to shop for tickets. In fact, I was just using the app to look at the Bears, Lions tickets for this upcoming Sunday. There are still plenty of amazing deals left if you're looking to go on to chair on our Bears and SeatGeek. And this is the kicker. They'll even give you $10 off your first purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use our promo code BEARS for $10 off your first purchase. That promo code again is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. All righty. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm Harold host, DeWitt, joined by
0: our guest this week, Casey. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds.
1: Dylan of the Detroit Lions podcast. And it's time to focus on that Detroit Lions defense, and in I'm, case I'm going to go right back over to you uh, for your thoughts on your defensive coordinator Paul Pasqualoni. He appears to be on the hot seat, uh, at least with many Detroit Lions fans. I see that they've been wanting Patricia to kind of take over the play calling. What's your take on this situation? Would it even help at this point? Well, the whole thing with uh,
2: Pasqualoni is that he's essentially, you know, um, just a, a, a a puppet of Patricia's to begin <laughs> with. He, he was never the mastermind behind any of it. It was all Patricia's scheme and he was just implementing it. Um, whether or not, uh, and there actually is some rumor that, that Patricia has been got, has gotten back and more involved. The question is, do they have the personnel right now to do the things that, the scheme is supposed to do. And I'm not sure that they do. And I do think that that is largely based on or based around injury. We came into the year hoping uh, for a very deep team. And in, it, on paper, it looked uh, like our defense was a was deep. You know, Mike Daniels being added on Uh Ashawn Robinson and and Damon Harrison and Deshaun hand. It all looked very promising um since Mike Daniels has made, missed, you know most of the season. Deshaun Hand missed most of the season. Damon Harrison hasn't been 100%. Trey Flowers was has only gotten up to about 100% over the last couple of weeks, and we've actually seen a little bit of emergence of, from him, which is, you know, if, if we want to take one of the few bright spots on defense, uh, there's that. Our linebacking core, we knew our linebacking core wasn't very good, um, but we'd hoped that the defensive line would be strong enough to allow them more flexibility more flexibility that unfortunately just hasn't really uh, come to fruition because the defensive line has been so damaged Um, do I want to place the blame on the coordinator it's really and and this is a this is a pick your poison kind of the uh, situation for fans who what what exactly is the excuse? And I don't, I don't know that my personal opinion on it is more along the lines of the injuries have totally prevented them from doing what they wanted to do. That is a split opinion once again, amongst fans and where many fans who thought we were deep are now upset that it doesn't look like we're deep. And I would say personally that I think that, you know, that's what happens when you lose a bunch of your best players. But, uh, A lot of fans are very angry that the defense has been so putrid, especially against the run. If you watched uh, the game this last week, Josh Jacobs just demolished us, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I know uh, Montgomery is coming off a pretty good game. It would not surprise me at all if he had a decent game again this week.
1: Uh Yeah. I mean, there's so many things I can get in here a little bit more nitty gritty. I know that the top level reason is the injuries, but keeping that in mind, uh, going to that run game, like you said, you ranked 27th in the NFL. It seems like uh, you guys are always kind of constantly out of position with their run fits. Uh, is yep. there anything in terms of uh, some more insight you can give as to why they're struggling to stop the run besides, you know, throwing in some inexperienced and probably not as talented players?
2: A lot of it, like I said, has to do with the linebackers who are supposed to be there to clean things up but are, are not mentally on the level that they need to be. Um, one of the biggest disappointments we've had so far uh, over the last few years has been Jared Davis. Um, the whole reason that we were sold on drafting him where we drafted him was that he has incredible instincts. That has not been true. Um, that may have been true with the schemes he ran in college, but in the NFL, he is, he just doesn't know where he needs to be. He gets lost in traffic. It reminds me of Tahir Whitehead when Tahir Whitehead, who we just played against against the, uh, Raiders this last week was with the lions. He also struggled. He just didn't know where he needed to be. And anytime anybody got in front of him, he, he was, he had a, he he just completely lost what was going on in the play. And I'm afraid that's what's happened with here Whitehead. Uh, I wouldn't sell on uh, Jelani Tavai, our rookie linebacker, just yet. I mean, he's only a rookie. He's, there's time to grow. But you've got a huge amount of responsibility on those two guys, plus Christian Jones, who just got an extension, which I think is um, angering a lot of fans. They get <laughs> caught out of position so mm-hmm. often. And it, and how to fix that, I that... It, I would love to be able to tell you exactly why these things are going on. Um, But I'm more baffled by the situation than I think I have been uh, baffled by a situation in a long time regarding the Lions. Usually I can at least tell you why I think something is going wrong in this instance. I don't think I can tell you why I could just tell you that it is wrong.
1: (laughs) Is this going to be the same old song and dance? If I ask you what's going on with the, you know, the secondary and the linebackers in terms of coverage, because uh, you're looking at Derek Carr for 289, two touchdowns. And then before that, Daniel Jones with 322 yards and uh, four touchdowns as well. Obviously there's something amok uh, in the back end of that defense, but would you just attribute it to the same issues? We were
2: missing Darius Slay for a chunk of time, which is always going to hurt. Uh, we were missing Tracy Walker, who was our best safety um, in this last game. Uh, so maybe the same old song and dance is, yes, we, are, we have been very injured on defense. Um, and, and, you know, I know that that's a frustrating excuse for a lot of people to hear. They don't want to hear, you know, injuries, 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 injuries. But, I mean, I don't know that you can really get away with it, get away from it. With this team, it's just been it it has been, uh, you know, catastrophic. What's what's going on here? Uh, Darius Slay was back this game and he did fine. Justin Coleman has been phenomenal um, as our slot receiver. But when there's injuries on the outside and he has to move outside, it's not the same story. Uh, We have weakness at safety. Tavon Wilson and Will Harris are not good in coverage. Um, We have our linebackers are not in coverage right now uh we have jalen reeves maven who theoretically is okay in coverage but we're just not using him very much so a lot a huge portion of the plays that are getting past us are uh guys just being wide open because they trick somebody in you know they they, they run a, a good route and and one of our guys who isn't very good at that kind of thing gets wide open and so we see a lot of busted coverages and a lot of wide open passes when go for when when teams are forced to go for contested throws uh, like they were early in the season against us then they have more difficulty Um, because Darius Slay is very good at breaking those up Justin Coleman is very good at breaking those up even uh, Melvin uh, 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 Rashad Melvin who we picked up this offseason is, is pretty solid in, in those contested situations as well. But when you give teams opportunities where they don't have to throw those contested passes, that's when things really, you know, rack up against us. And that's what's been going on a lot of, that uh, been happening a lot lately.
1: One position group I haven't heard too much about is that defensive line, which, is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: No, it, it, things, it really has been rough uh, going for them. Uh, you consistently see that, Rarely does any run play get even altered at the line. Uh, they're just being uh, pushed around willy-nilly. Um, like I said, I'm glad Trey Flowers is coming on because he's probably our best pass rusher. Um, I'm glad that he is finally healthy. He he had shoulder injury uh, surgery in the offseason and was not 100% was, but was still playing through you know, his, his rehab uh, in, into the early season. Now, it, from what we've heard, is that he's feeling 100%, so that's good. Uh, Deshaun Hand being back could be impressive uh, as he had a very good rookie year, but once again, a guy coming straight off of injury here, so how fast he's back up to speed is a good question. We really just don't have a good answer for pass rush, and, and the team is not built as a pass rush team. That's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to put the emphasis on the secondary to stop uh, stop the passes and, and shut down the run with the defensive line. But due to everything that's happened so far, they just haven't been able to do that. Uh, and, and we have, in theory, if everyone's healthy, we have the personnel to do exactly what they wanted to do. We've just been a little bit bitten on that front.
1: Uh, Obviously, we've talked about the offense and defense in great length. Uh, We haven't hit on special teams, but outside of the third phase, uh, is there anything else uh, that you want to kind of make sure our listeners know about the Lions this week?
0: Oh,
2: it'll be interesting to see how many yards uh, Trubisky is able to pick up on the ground uh, this week because one of the ideas, (laughs) one of the concepts behind this whole uh, defense was to keep, quarterbacks contained but as we haven't even been able to contain running backs at all we've also struggled at this point to keep the quarterbacks contained so even if our secondary is playing well and and with our secondary theoretically getting healthier especially if Tracy Walker is back this week we have some good coverage options it wouldn't surprise me though if Trubisky is able to take off and run um, relatively effectively throughout the game uh, so I think that would be one of the major things to be watching for.
1: Yeah, and he hasn't been able to do that to the same degree that he did a season ago. I think he had one run uh, last week, which is probably his second effective run of the entire season. But i just, case, I just have one final question for you. It's a two-parter. Uh, you've been here in years prior, so you kind of know how these things go. But uh, the first part of this question is going to be, why will the Lions end up winning this week?
2: It will be... It, getting our wide receivers the ball against, uh, you know, uh, uh, some cornerbacks. It, it will be, if we can give Stafford enough time to push the ball deep, we can come up with those. I know that's not an easy task against the Bears. So pass protection versus the uh, pass rush from the Bears, that that's probably the matchup to watch this week.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a big one. Uh, luckily for you, that's been kind of missing in action over here in Chicago. Uh, but I don't need to dwell on that with you. I can, <laughs> I can wait until after we're done talking about it. Um, but the last part and the final question for the show is, what's going to take for the Lions to end up losing this game?
2: Oh, it'll be David Montgomery running all over us. That, w- that would be it.
1: <laughs> Simple enough. Case, I really do appreciate the time that you took out to hop on the show uh, like you do each and every season. Really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right, that'll do it, Bears fans. Hope they enjoyed Case's insight on the Detroit Lions. Up next, Nick will be having another edition of the Audio Mailbag. So definitely stay tuned for that episode dropping here tomorrow, and we'll follow that up as we kind of continue the week of preparations for Sunday's game with our weekly game preview episode. Please make sure to take a moment to like and subscribe and rate our show here on Apple Podcasts. We do appreciate that. But until next time, Bear Down Chicago.